It's show 98 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, Andy Koval of Archive Systems and the latest industry news. Uh, this show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. You know, I was digging around the O'Neill website and saw this really cool option called Six Appeal. Yep. Six appeal. Six cool benefits for startups that include unlimited users, unlimited web users, unlimited classroom training and technical support, unlimited networking, and no upfront software cost. That sounds pretty sexy if you ask me. If it does to you, you can check them out yourself at O'Neillsoft.com. Today, we remember the birth date of the infamous New Englander Lizzie Borden, who was accused and tried for killing her parents with an axe, but was never found guilty. Despite her acquittal, no one else ever was charged with the murder. I'm not completely sure why this is relevant to the show today, but for the record, we've removed all axes in the studio today. There's none here, which then gives us the freedom to get Started. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to this week's show. I'm glad you're here. You know, I'm pretty pumped about things here at the Rim Pro Report as we head into our 100th show. And that's in a couple of weeks. We're going to do some celebrations to honor this a momentous milestone. I think there'll be some surprises in store. So even if you're away for the summer on vacation, keep your iPhone, your whatever device you use to listen to this handy so you can listen in a couple of weeks for our century show if you've missed the last few weeks be sure to check those shows out last week with vance goss was exceptional he told us all about the process of selling his company then the week before that patrick devries told us about the success he's creating in his business in spokane washington be sure to check them out and a whole lot more fact is we have almost a hundred shows you can listen to each one with something significant for you this week it's our 98th show today i'm going to be talking to andy koval andy is the executive vice president and one of the co-founders of archive systems based in fairfield new jersey I've watched Archive Systems and Andy grow over the years, and I've always been sort of intrigued and impressed by what they do and the way they do it. And so today I want to explore that with Andy. So I'm going to have him shortly, and I'm looking forward to that. But as always, before I get Andy on the line, I want to catch you up on the latest industry news. Looks like another acquisition has happened even in the summertime slump. Cornerstone Records Management announced the acquisition of Document Security Management located in Wilmington, Delaware. DSM, as it's known, uh, provides mobile shredding and electronic media destruction in the tri-state area. So congratulations to Cornerstone on that acquisition. Then I just want to remind you that Jim Booth, former executive director of PRISM, has formally started his employment with Bright 
Brightstone Insurance Services. Jim will serve as Brightstone's records and information management practice leader, as well as beginning to spearhead the creation of a new division for Brightstone called Brightstone Consulting Services. So congratulations to Jim on getting started in his new role in the industry. Hey, summertime is quiet and so is the news. So that's all I got for you now. If you've got news to share, please let me know. While uh, we're waiting, I'm going to get Andy Koval on the phone. So just hang on a second while I do. Andy Koval is the co-founder and executive vice president at Archive Systems. Andy has been part of the industry for more than 20 years. I'm happy to welcome him to the show. Andy, are you on the line? I am. Hey, welcome. Thanks for being on the RimPro Report. So give me a broad-based overview of Archive Systems as a company in terms of service offering, size, footprint, that kind of thing. That's a big question, Tom. Yeah, I know. Well, you, you, you got a lot going on, so I, f- I figured you might as well give me the 2,000 f- or the 20,000-foot view, and we might dig into some of those from there. Oh, sounds great. I'll try not to use up all our time. All right. So Archive Systems, we've been in business since 1991, began as a traditional record storage provider. Today, we look significantly different than we did 22 years ago, where our suite of services starts with an information governance practice, consulting practice, runs through a variety of technology tools that we've either acquired or developed to help our clients manage both their physical as well as digital electronic records. And we continue to have strong growth and a big market presence within the physical record storage and management and related services area as well. When we began we were a smaller, obviously, localized provider in the northern New Jersey marketplace servicing both northern New Jersey as well as New York City. We have since expanded to today we're in seven or eight geographies. I should really know it. Um, <laughs> with the plan on ending 2012 in 12 markets. Wow. We have yeah, eight done and four more to open this year. Wow. Very cool. And so the full range of service offerings, how, how many staff are you running? Is, are you in the hundreds? Yes. We're, yeah. we're in the, the neighborhood of 200. Wow. Staff. Wow. That's very cool. So take, take me back to the beginning as the co-founder of this company. Tell me what was going on that made you decide to get in this business in the first place. Well, truth be told, I was a shortly after doors opening arriver to the business. There were four original founders. Two were a little bit more original than the other two, but my, my two partners that got the business off the ground, they both had connections to, personal connections to the records management industry. One had a roommate in college. His father was in the business somewhere in the South, oh. and the other had a brother who was running a, a small records business that he ultimately sold to Peter Pierce at Pierce Leahy. Right. He, his business was somewhere in the Trenton area in New Jersey. And so these two guys met each other working, selling long distance at MCI in, in the late 1980s. Yeah. That, you know, let's go do something ourselves. They got the, the business off the ground, and then I joined in shortly thereafter. So it was, a, it was a complete startup from scratch then. You weren't already in the moving business or a peripheral business. This was, you came together and you said, let's do something cool. You bet. Started with a sublet of 500 square feet of, of warehouse space in uh, in. Fairfield, New Jersey. Yep. 
the four of you are sitting around going, Let, let's do this business. How, how did you, what did you do? Just start knocking on doors? That, that was it. We was four young, hungry, entrepreneurial guys that said, you know, we each had, three of us really had a, a skill set more geared towards sales. Yeah. Um, the operations we, we figured out pretty quickly. And one of us was a bit more on the business operations finance side. So it was, you know, four relatively recently college grads that were uh, at a stage of their life that they could, you know, pull no pay for a couple of years and go build a business. Okay, so you came into this right out of university? Shortly, yeah, very shortly after. Wow, wow. And what was your role sort of on the the sales and marketing side of it? Was that your sort of focus area with the the group of you? Well, Tom, I think you know this as having been in the business early on. Your role is everything. Right. right? Yeah, absolutely. It's put the suit on in the morning, run out, make some calls, try and and win some business, uh, quickly get back so that you can answer the phones and, and take the orders from the clients, get, get into the record center, pull down the, the files and the boxes, get in the van and go. Find the time at night to, to build the new racks. Uh, <laughs> right. and, you know, you're doing all of it. All right. Of it. Early on, this is 22 years ago, early on, when did you feel like you had, you know, was it a four-year process before you got to profitability? Was it quickly? When, when did you feel like you turned that first corner? Profitability. What? What's that? <laughs> We're still not <laughs> We've profitable. Been in perennial, perennial growth mode here, Tom. Um, I would say it was probably yeah, about four years, about 1995. I mean, the truth is, we could have been profitable pretty consistently in the in the mid 90s throughout, but but we really were always reinvesting in our business. So it was it was about 95, 96 when we had launched our first, what is now our online imaging repository where we, we are storing in the ballpark of a billion, one billion images for our clients, wow. thousands of name users. We got into that business in the right around the 95, 96 time frame where we were we, we came across opportunity with some of our larger clients at the time. They wanted to go digital. Um, we, we connected with a, a couple of consultants who were writing the software piece, needed somebody to do the scanning. We stepped up and figured out how to do that and Ultimately, we partnered up with the with the consultants, made them part of our kind of systems, made the, the technology part of our standard offering, and have never looked back. So, you know, we 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 have always been investing and continue to invest heavily into our future. And so, you know, we manage a very very we manage our EBITDA very narrowly, so that we're properly investing in our business growth as well as performing to the likes of our investors. It seems to me, though, based on 95 jumping into uh, online backups and repositories and that, you guys seem to have a, a different underlying belief about records and information management services. It, it seems like th- there's this nuance with you that's slightly different. Granted, you're putting boxes on shelves, but how, how does that belief, or maybe what is that belief, and then how does it affect the way you provide these services? Good question, Tom. So I think the way to the way we look at it is everybody believes and and, and I also believe that all providers are customer centric. Um, all all the guys we compete with in all the markets we're in, particularly the the, the more localized providers, are very, very customer centric. Mm-hmm. And what that means to them, we believe, is that they'll do everything they can to make the customer happy. In their ability to 
to provide services. Our vision of customer-centric is a little bit different, and, and it's been this way, and it's really driven a lot of our, our innovation, is that our view of customer-centric is, if I was a customer, what would I want? What would I be demanding? And not, not that I need the van to get to me 10 minutes quicker or I need to pay a penny less in storage, but it's how do I manage my ever-changing requirements, both from a regulatory perspective as well as from an end-user perspective. So our clients have clients. Right. Um, you know, the records manager is serving their, their constituency within their organizations, and so those needs are ever-changing, and we're paying attention to those changing adopting our business model to be able to provide services and solutions for the records manager to be able to address the, the needs that are that they're facing versus the, the services we can provide, right? So the traditional service of right. I'll store your box and get it to you, that's very good, but that's not that's not really enabling them to, uh, to, to meet the, the future needs of the client. Right, right. Well, it, it's interesting to me when you described your company. The very first thing you said was you were in information governance. That that was what you started the whole the the whole framework on, which comes back to this sense of being customer centric, because that's really where people are feeling the need in their their organizations, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's right. And so it's it's the newest piece of our business. We believe it is a dynamic growth part of our business. We believe it's a critical need out there in the marketplace. Uh, as we have evolved as a company, our client base has grown to be really, really large, both global as well as national footprint accounts. And so what we have, the dialogue that we're having with our clients, both selfishly as well as for their own interest, is to get deeper into the organization, to be able to provide solutions to our clients way before a piece of paper lands in a file that lands in a box. And right. so we get their pain points. Their pain is, how do I keep up with the changing requirements, um, both internally and externally, to be able to have a really great records management program? And once I figure that out, now I can figure out how to solve those other problems. Right. So so really what you've got a pulse on is, is the deeper more consistent problems because storage of a box is just one small problem that you're solving. That's right. And there's plenty of really good companies out there that can do that, that can provide that service in our industry. There's, there's no shortage of good providers. The question is, why do I choose company A over company B? Right. And our belief is the value add becomes the key. Right. That to me seems like it probably was the genesis or it was the underlying belief system that led you to the purchase of OmniRim solutions a number of years ago. I guess that was two or three years ago now. Yep. Tell me a little bit about how that process and why that became an important element to you and how it's changed your business. Yep, you nailed it. So we purchased OmniRim solutions just under two years ago. We're coming up on two years in a couple of months. And it was exactly for that reason. We recognized that while we're a really strong alternative and a really strong provider, we were missing what we believed was a critical component in our offering, which is a governance and a policy tool. And so lots of discussions were constantly talking to our clients and understanding what what's on their mind, what keeps them up at night. Over and over again, it was their requirement to promote and to manage their policy around their physical records while at the same time 
figuring out how to hold off the deluge of, or to manage, not hold off, to manage the deluge of electronic records right. that were flooding them. And a lot of times what we found is those are segmented responsibilities within organizations because the solutions are segmented that, that, that address those problems. So we said, you know what, we can, you know, we've always fashioned ourselves as technologists, and we've built tons of technology through the years, and this is a records management requirement, and so we did this. We quickly jumped into the buy versus build analysis, yeah. and we were 50-50 on which way to go. We had a roadmap for building it ourselves, then we got a, a whiff of news that Omnirim was potentially for sale. We quickly lined up a demo to see the product, and we're blown away with what we saw. And what we realized was we could spend many years and millions of dollars in trying to build a product which which wouldn't get the market nearly fast enough and wouldn't have half the stuff or any of the expertise that was already built into Omnirim. Huh. That was confirmed when we got a look at their client list and said, you know, these, these guys have it figured out. And so we made the decision at that point to buy and know that we needed a policy uh, software tool right. that was going to, that was going to start the whole process for our clients. And so we, we jumped in with both feet. Wow. To me, it's just such a different way to come at the industry that, that you guys have taken. And the software purchase a couple of years ago was always extremely intriguing to me because it, for me, always seemed like you had that particular perspective. You came at it from a information governance, information management policy side that made that software purchase highly leverageable for you. That that's that was our plan. That's right. I mean we felt like we were really well positioned to take advantage of that technology base. And we've done our, our team, our, our IT team has done a phenomenal job of both integrating the Omni suite into our suite as well as turning what was a traditionally on premise software solution into a cloud based solution, which which we think is really the key. And so we're really, and, and then the other piece that we've done is also added the ability to manage electronic records along with the physical records. Oh, so okay. we're really focused on, and again, our perspective is, what does the records manager need to be successful? Right. What are their challenges and their problems, and how do we pr- provide services and solutions that can help them? So honoring was a huge step forward for us. Yeah. Does that work for the small client, the 100 box account? It sounds by the way you're talking that your focus tends to be on companies that have records managers that tend to understand that. Not that you can't sell a 100 box or minimum account, but it sounds like your focus is more around people who actually have records managers. Well, that's good. That's good insight. We, for, for the Omnirim suite and our information governance practice, it's true. It's, it's really designed towards organizations that have compelling reasons why they need to be serious about records management. Yeah. So, you know, the small organization that's got records they need to store because they need to store them, we help them with, we have a different lot, a different level of technology that we've built that is, again, it's all web-based and it's, it's a uh, one-size-fits-all. So we've got, you know, we've got clients that have hundreds of thousands of boxes that are using the same technology suite as 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 the clients that have 100 boxes with us. It's not as robust from a, a policy perspective. Right. It doesn't require the same level of, of commitment, and, and that's really the big point. It's, you know, the big, giant, fortune, whatever companies and, and the highly regulated industries that need to be able to track yep. a document within an inch of its life, you're right. going to use an on-your-own type solution. 
Right. Guys that just have to, you know, I can store it in the garage or I can store it with you, or we, we can help them too, but, but they're not going to be customers of, of our governance practice. Right. right. Okay. So many of your peers in the rim industry, I think, have taken the path of growing mostly by acquisition. And I'm talking the larger consolidator companies and that. That seems to be what they're doing. And it's not that you haven't acquired. You acquired somebody, I think, in in Atlanta in January, and you've done acquisition. But it seems that you're mostly growing through greenfield startup. Why is that? Or what's your, your theory behind that or your belief behind that? Yep, that's true. We've done one. One acquisition, great little company. Uh, got a, we got a great talented guy who was running it. We like the acquisition model. What has led us to the path that we're on the Greenfield path is we've had tremendous direct selling success. So hmm. if we look at a market and say, well, you know, we want to be in, in, let's say Atlanta. If if we have an opportunity to go and buy somebody, that's wonderful. But if what we can do is we can sell our way into that market as quicker, quicker, we've done that. And so right. w- what's happened in, a, in quite a few opportunities or, or instances is we've talked to and looked at and had lined up some opportunities to, to do acquisitions to the market. But what we'd find is the, the acquisition target didn't give us the capacity that we needed because of the size of the market entry for us. So we've got clients that have hundreds of thousands of boxes that are ready to transition to us. And the acquisition would have given us Capacity of 50,000 cubic feet. Right, okay. So, okay. so we sort of outpaced the acquisition target. And in our model, you know, there's, there's a lot of detail behind it, Tom, but in our model, we're not looking to enter a market and go with guns of blazing with 10 buildings or 20 buildings. We've got a strategy that we believe is very, very different that our clients are supporting that enables us to be much more economical about the footprints that we need and what kind of financial commitments we need to make from a facility investment, hmm. we, we are able to invest our dollars into first-class facilities and, and really help our clients to migrate to a technology-based platform, um, which really changes the paradigm of what their needs are and, and what our business model looks like. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're pretty excited about this. You've, you've been at this for 22 years, but the, it sounds like you're, you're still pretty excited. Where's the future excitement for you? Do you, do you see this continue to expand, you know, to a, a, you're obviously national already in a way with eight, eight marketplaces, not truly national, but I mean, you're all over the place now. What keeps you excited? What's, what's the, the passion and the challenge? The next couple of years are going to be really, really interesting. So we're, on a path to double our location over the next few years because we do we do have a plan for national footprint and mm. um, we're executing against that plan. In fact, we're, we're certainly ahead of that plan where we started about a year and a half ago. Wow. In 2011. And, and so that's a piece of it. I think the bigger piece of it is we have a, a firm belief here that we have a, a good vision of what the future is going to look like. And we believe that that future looks a whole lot different than this year and last year, needless to say, three and five years ago. And we believe that we are properly aligned to usher in that future for our clients. In fact, what we get a lot when we dialogue with our customers and our future customers is we get confirmation that what we're, what we're presenting and the services that we're providing and the way we're providing them clearly what they want, but they're not ready for it. Hmm. And what we believe is 
they're going to get ready for a whole lot faster than they think they are. And so in the next three to five years, we think there's going to be a major transformation in the marketplace. And we, we believe that we are really well positioned to capitalize on that. Wow, very cool. So in that, what then freaks you out or scares you or keeps you up at night as you think about where this whole thing's going? <laughs> you, you just presume that I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you don't. Uh, well, yeah, unfortunately I don't as much as I'd like to. Apparently it's you know, good for you. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what I hear. Um, <laughs> they, I suppose if there's one thing that, that got me concerned more than anything is, maybe it's because it's way out of our control, is the economic course that, that we're on. And, you know, it's, it's the great equalizer. If, if our economy rebounds, robust way, we're, we're just pumped and think it's just going to be fantastic. Yeah. If our economy doesn't stabilize or, or goes, God forbid, in the wrong direction, yeah. you know, all bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen. So it sounds like a cop-out, you know, that's all blaming on the economy, but I, I think that is the probably the number one threat that we have because we do believe that business is on a certain path, a certain trajectory, and we believe we are completely aligned for that. Wow. That's always one of the factors and with, you know, recent news in terms of the changes in, you know, the changes in the political structure and all those kind of things do have an impact, especially when you're in a much, you're attempting to accomplish something in a much bigger way than just in a local marketplace. Right, right. We need, we need there to be a spirit of innovation from the business side. Yeah. Because it's really easy to just keep doing what you're doing and, we don't think that that's actually a course, a sustainable course, even from the client side. That you know, the present course we don't believe is viable into the future. And so, how much more so will will trust be there if if there's an improving economy and businesses are hiring and growing and well funded? Yeah. So if you could go back to the founding days of Archive Systems back in '91 when the four of you started this, given all you know today, what might have you done differently? That is a difficult question. I'm a, I have a strange sort of approach on this stuff. I'm a believer that the course you're on is, is guided by all the steps that you've taken. And so I feel like we're in a really great position. Hmm. I think we're really primed for, for even greater success than we already have. Yeah. And so the way I look back on things is, and had you done something differently, that may have led you down a different path right, and not right. the one that you're on today. Right, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, there are, in, in the micro, there are probably things that you could look at and say, I wish I would have tried this instead of that, or I wish I would have you know, negotiated this way or that way. But at the, at the high level, I, I think that you know, a major change, if, we would have, if I would have told you, well, we should have never gone into scanning or, or something like that, we'd be, yeah. you know, we wouldn't be where we are. And, and I think we're in a really great spot. So maybe question differently, what are you really proud of in terms of the history and what you've done? What if, you know, if if I'm talking to you independent of anyone from this industry listening and I say, what are you really proud of? What's the thing? I think that's a couple of things. Um, I'm really proud of the environment that we've built here at Archive Systems that's very pro-employee and very pro-client. So you know, we've, we're fortunate to be employing over 200 people. We continue to grow.
really proud of that. We've got a lot of fantastic success stories within our organization of people that started out as even temps or hourly employees that are now taking senior management and vice president level roles within our organization. So we've seen fantastic staff development. I'm proud of those people. And I'm proud of the job that we've done servicing our clients. Hmm. Um, they, they, there's something to the, and, and I think I share this with all of the companies in our industry, is that you know, there's nothing like helping out a client when they're really in need. Yeah. Helping the store boxes that put themselves and don't do anything. Yeah. But when you've got a doctor's practice, a hospital, a lawyer, whatever it is, that they're in sort of critical need for information and get it to them when they need it, whether that's digital or physical, you know, the time that they need it or ahead of the time that they need it, there, there's something about that. And so you know, that gives me a lot of satisfaction to know that we're not just making money over here. We're, we're actually providing a valuable service to customers in, in a meaningful way that, to help people with their lives. Yeah, oh, that's great. If someone comes up to you and asks you for the very best advice you could offer them to build their own successful RIM service enterprise, what might you tell them, assuming they're not going to be a direct competitor, uh, but what, what's, a, what's your best advice for somebody trying to succeed in this game? You're, you're kind of a disruptor. You guys have come at it differently. But out of that, how would you advise someone? Have a plan. Have a short-term plan, have a long-term plan, and make sure that you have lined up your your funding, your financing. Hmm. Because more than ever today, our business is a hugely capital-intensive business. Yeah. So I don't know how anybody can jump into our industry if they don't have a financial plan that's been you know, well-designed and, and properly funded because... Just, to me, where I'm standing today, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Just to, to, to operate, you need huge amounts of, of capital. Yeah. So I, I think to think that you can get in and, and quickly do it off a of cash flow would be a huge mistake. Yeah. No, that's great advice. That's significant advice. Well, apparently you don't sleep ever, but when you're not focused on making things happen at Archive Systems, what do you do for fun? For me, outside of work, it's pretty narrow. I have... <laughs> It's all about my family and my faith, yeah. and and so when I'm not here at work, I'm home with my family, and occasionally my family and I will go somewhere else, but, but usually we're home. We really like our home, and faith is really important to me and to my family, and so I think it's been really uh, a secret weapon for me personally to help ground me and keep me focused on what's really important, and I think it's been, been vital to driving my success personally. Wow. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's wonderful to hear. You are a summit I've always admired in this industry, and I appreciate you taking the time to share your story, your perspective, the, the way you think about things with us on the, the Room Pro Report today. Uh, thanks for being here, Andy. It's been a real pleasure. Tom, it's my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Well, there you have it. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate Andy joining us to tell his story. You know, I, I, I just am always so amazed at the wonderful perspectives that different people in this industry bring to it. And I just so appreciated Andy and the conversation I had with him today. 
If you have a story to tell, if you've got a perspective that's uh, worth sharing, I'd love to hear from you. Tell us about your business. Tell us about your startup story. Tell us about something unique you're doing in the marketplace. I'd love to hear from you. As always, I'm extremely grateful for the incredible support given this show by my friends at O'Neill Software. O'Neill is a collection of people working to support your rim service business. It's people like Chris Luckman, a senior software trainer for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. He puts on a ton of miles each year helping record centers just like yours be better at what they do. That's the kind of people at O'Neill. And you can learn more about them at O'NeillSoft.com. Hey, that's it for us. Have yourself an amazing week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. Where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.